Happy holidays, everybody. From me, Brian McWilliams at Electric Liberty Land. And speaking of the holidays, I want you to check out one of our top sponsors, Ammo.com. Not only for gifts for loved ones, because, hey, everybody needs ammo, even your Aunt Nellie. But also, who knows if that's Santa up on the roof with those reindeer? Who knows if that's him or a burglar? Private property rights, protect those, man. Ammo.com. Not only are these guys fantastic libertarians, and you will note that if you go to their website, you're going to see a lot of articles, libertarian-themed charities, everything, because that's why these guys came to us. We didn't come to them. They came to us because they are libertarians. They wanted to support a show that has their values in mind, and thus, here we are. And by the way, if you go spend $200 or more at Amazon.com, you will get $20 off and extra bonus, 1% of your sale. And that's the whole thing, not just the net revenue. 1% of the sale goes to a libertarian charity of your picking. They've got a bunch of them listed on the website, so you can pick and choose which ones you want to support. Visit ammo.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. All right, everybody, welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 104, meaning you can find all the show notes for today's episode at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL 104, as per usual. And uh, today, I am very happy to welcome in a guest. He's going to come on my show. I'm going to go on his show. And uh, it's not like we're going to record these shows in the same day and just cut them up because we're too lazy to record Christmas week or anything like that. That's not the case, if you're wondering. But, uh, of course, my, uh, my friend, my compatriot, my, uh, my fellow fighter for liberty, and, of course, host of Felony Fridays here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, John Odermatt. Welcome back to the show, John. It is an honor and a pleasure to be back here. Finally, John Odermatt has come back to Electric Liberty Land. <laughs> I think it's like since episode number two I was on. It's That's not a- true. I had you on at least one other time. You were just a, you were just a little, little podcast back then, just like a little infant, just getting yep. your feet under you and... Now you're you're all grown up. Now I'm big enough to grown up and now I'm big enough to play with matches and start fires that rage uncontrollably, burning down schools and causing thousands upon thousands of dollars of damage. Much like the France protests, you knew me back when I was just one vest. Now I am many vests, <laughs> turning over cars in the street. Hey, that's what freedom's all about: destroying property, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> destroying the property of innocence. Um, yeah, man. Well, hey, what can I say? You know, you get busy, uh, you get you get guests on, and then you you know we do all our because I talk to you every week, so it feels like yeah we do our our bonus content. So I talk to you constantly anyway. So I feel like maybe that's why I never think to have you on the show because we're talking all the time anyway. Probably outside of my wife and my coworkers, I might talk to you and Rico the most. <laughs> at least, at least during gambling season in the fall here. Yeah, I agree. I I can't think of somebody that I talk to more often. At least not not once a week. I mean, even my right. parents. I'm like, I'm like, I got a five minute cap on this phone call. <laughs> of course, my dad's gonna listen to this. A tear rolls down his face. Um, anyway, so I'm thinking. You know, for this, uh, well, also, uh, let me wish everybody out there, hope you had a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a very everything. John, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy uh, Christmas holidays. Yeah, whatever you celebrate out there, whatever pagan original, happy, uh, I I don't know, Satan Day. I don't know if they have a Christmas holiday for Satanism, but I hope they do. But, uh, you know, I just, 
I wanted to uh, to do a little nod to the holidays by asking you, what is the holiday tradition in the uh, the Odermatt household? Do you have one that you do, either you and your family or you and your wife that you celebrated over Christmas? Yeah, that's that's a, a good question because this is this year was the first year where in the past on Christmas Day, it's always hectic. You know, we're running, we're we're opening our presents, and Ruby doesn't really get to play with her presents. We'll be running off to uh, Nicole's uncle's house to see her side of the family, which is really far away, like an hour and a half, mm. and then we'll be running to see my parents and that side of the family, which is like another hour and a half drive. And then finally, we'll get home and we'll feel exhausted, just feel like bags of crap. But this year. <laughs> What we did is we're just deciding we're staying home. And we stayed home, open presents, relaxed, and uh, enjoyed some cocktails and made some pasta. So oh, it was, it was what, awesome. Did you make real pasta or zoodles? Real pasta. We have a, uh, I mean, it's, I don't know if people realize this. I didn't realize this until I made pasta, but it is so easy to make your own pasta. It's just, uh, yes, we just lost all our Italian American listeners. They're like, what? The? It's easy to make a pasta. Get out of here. Well, I guess if you're doing it with like the real hand crank thing, that's that's probably a little bit harder. But if you have the the connection onto the uh, the key, is it Cuisinart or Cuisinart? Oh, I can never say. It. Yeah, Cuisinart. Oh, I should get one of those then. I didn't realize it was that easy. Yeah, I had a Cuisinart. Pop that thing right in there, and it uh spins around. You you roll it out a couple times, nice and thin, and then linguini that stuff up it's beautiful nice uh, see i i uh i have a similar thing where it's like you know usually we well we always go to my well not always but we fairly often go to my uh wife's parents house here in venice because she, she's her little brother or dad or stepmother they have like a tamale thing christmas day half the time depends on whether their dad's working or not so we went over there had some tamales but this year we didn't travel anywhere thank god except to vegas uh we're going to be making a quick trip, trip to vegas at the end of the month Two days, and I know we still need to make our degenerate gamblers trip to Vegas. True, which we, true. Need, we really need to book that in. But now we might as well wait till pool season comes, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to go to Vegas right now. <laughs> no. So, but we went, we're going to go for a little quick trip. But, uh, but last year we were traveling everywhere. And this year we were like, we're not going anywhere. We just want to stay in town. So, yeah, we, uh, we have a tradition where we bake a, uh, a prime rib on Christmas Day. So we enjoy our prime ribs. And uh, yeah, to sit around and drink, watch Christmas movies, and you know, uh, except for the quick foray, which is about you know, like three hours over to my wife's family's house, uh, just chilled. And I don't know about you. Do you have a movie you watch on Christmas Day? Because like I watch A Christmas Story on Christmas Day. You have and, to. I, I never. I never watch it from beginning to end. I always, I always catch it like halfway through. Yeah. But then you watch the end, then you just watch the beginning, right to where you left off, and it's right, like yeah. a small movie. It's beautiful. It is it, that the invention of that uh, we just run it for a twenty four hours thing mm-hmm. was such a brilliant idea because you just put it on and you just come, yeah, like I said, you come back to it, you leave it, and you just it's nice knowing it's there. Mm-hmm. Makes it's me like feel a safe. wife. It's like a wife that never leaves you. So I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, uh, let's get let's get into the uh, the topics here. So. For this episode, I want to do something that was uh, a little bit less reliant on current events because of the holidays and everybody's busy. So we don't want to be uh, researching. And it's going to be a little bit shorter of an episode, too, because, again, we've, we're in the midst of holiday cheer. And um, as much as we love our audience, we do want to enjoy time with our families. So yeah. uh, but we I don't thought- take time off. A lot of podcasts out there will skip a week at Christmas or New yeah. Year's. We don't. We keep no. on trucking. We wanted to. Mark would not let us. It's true. So, really, John and I, John and I, he's really, really tough to work with. To oh God, that fucking guy. So anyway, <laughs> but I think it would be good to do a Trump or dump. We haven't done one of those in so long. 
You know, I, I think at the very start of the podcast, yeah. I had a Trumper dump. Uh, so let's do a little trumpet and dumping. What do you think about that? Let's let's dump and trumpet up. I love it. All right, man. Well, so I'll lay out some of these topics. The first one that I wanted to bring up is Trump has banned bump stocks. And this is done through executive order for the most part, because you can't legally do it through a uh, through a you know, the Second Amendment doesn't permit it. And several different layers of courts have gone through and said, no, even even the Obama administration said, no, you cannot go through, you cannot ban bump stocks because it is not an automatic weapon. And basically what the Trump uh, administration has done is reclassify bump stocks as automatic weapons uh, or enabling something to be created into an automatic weapon. So this is probably a fairly easy one, John, but what's your take on this? Is a bump stock turning a a, a semi-auto into an automatic rifle and then should it be banned? No, no, it should, it should not be banned. Um, but, and also, yeah, I 100% agree with you. And really, this has been legally defined that a semi-automatic weapon, <clears throat> it cannot just become automatic. So there has to be something to be done. It has to be forced in a way to to, to fire quickly to imitate. It's an imitation of an automatic weapon. You can do the same thing with, you know, a belt loop or a bunch of other different things. So essentially what they've done with this ruling if, is they've said the human body plus a semi-automatic weapon is not allowed to happen. (laughs) It's ridiculous. And I think it's already been challenged uh, with the federal lawsuit. I don't know how long that takes to to work out or what happens there, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets overturned, but this is a big old steamy stinking dump. And the sick part is that Trump supporters, they don't give a shit. They don't care. I mean, they defend this to the, to the hilt. Well, that's, and it's like, the, yeah, it's like a form of brainwashing. We talk about how brainwashed people on the progressive side of things are, but yeah, these Trumpers are on the same way. And, and look, you know, I defend Trump more often than not because he gets attacked so many times and, and over you know, ridiculous shit. But this is one thing indefensible. And especially for a guy who says he's strong in the second amendment rights, you know, to ban these bump stocks, it's a, a purely political maneuver. It's absolutely ridiculous. And there's any number of other things on the market you could do easily obtain your own way to create this exact same uh, type of advantage if you're going to try to shoot people. Like you said, it's basically you could do it with a belt. You could do it with any number of different tools you have in your home. That's all it is, is pressing up something, you know, pushing something so that it, it pops like a gun, gun forward and goes against your finger faster. Mm-hmm. You're still having to pull the trigger. It's not like you can just hold the trigger down. So, <laughs> yeah, this is a huge dump. It's an embarrassment for you know a, a base that you think would be people that value the Second Amendment rights and don't. I mean, do these people not understand that when you start to erode these things in such a manner, it's a very slippery slope downward? Yeah, I mean, you have a, a so-called conservative Second Amendment president doing this. It's just you know what's the next step going to be? Because the way this works, it goes back and forth. There's going to be a. I, I think Trump will get a second term. He will get eight years, but after that. The country is going to be so fed up with a conservative or a so-called conservative that it'll go back to the liberal side. Mm-hmm. And this is the precedent set now that the Republicans gave up bump stocks. So God knows what the Democrats will do. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it reminds me of all these, you know, these different maneuvers that the GOP made when they were in power to try to solidify their power, make it easier for them to get an advantage, you know, as far as the number of votes it takes to get, get bills passed, uh, you know, uh, banning filibustering. They make all these maneuvers when they're in power. And, you know, same with Trump. Make, okay, I'm going to do this when I'm in power. And like you said, 
well, what's going to happen when the other when the other party comes back? Mm-hmm. You're just eroding the basic liberties that we have. And when it does flip flop, it's going to be so much worse for everybody because they then had that same advantage or had that same precedent or now have that voting advantage or whatever else. It's like this short sighted uh, horseshit political gain that's just going to cost everybody so much vastly more down the road. Just awful. So dumb. Big old dump. All right. Next topic. Let's talk a little bit about, and this is right up your alley, but this criminal justice bill, why don't you, uh, I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to introduce the, the concept of the bill. I'm sure you know much more uh, about it than I do, although I know, obviously I know some things about it, and the fact that it has passed. Yeah, so this uh, this passed easily in the Senate and in the House. Um, I think it's sort of surprising when you do look into, especially in the Senate, I don't have the names in front of me, but you know some of the Republicans that voted against this are just so clearly doing this just out of their base being more conservative. And mm-hmm. because their bases are going to understand this, they're just going to hear the, the sc- scary criminals are back out in the street thing. So they want to be able to say that they voted against it. But anyway, it's, it does a couple major things. And so it's going to give federal judges more discretion when sentencing um, drug offenders, and it's going to boost rehabilitation efforts. It's also going to um, pour some money into uh, programs and, and make it, uh, you know, a lot of times on my show, and I wish it was more private, you know, funded by the private sector with these programs coming in, like training for people to learn how to weld when they're in prison so they come out with the skill. There's going to be more things like that. The federal government's probably going to screw them up because that's what they do. But it's, it's I don't know. I mean, it's, it's better than the current situation. I'm not going to say it's, it's ideal by any, any stretch of the imagination. But the, the cool thing is, and this actually came in, I think, when the Senate redid the bill, because the House initially passed it. It was kind of, uh, wasn't that, didn't go that far. Then when the Senate, the Senate got it, they actually added more to it. And the one cool thing is they re- the life sentences for some drug offenders with uh, three convictions, the three strikes. So th- those life sentences will be reduced to 25 years. A lot of these people have served 25 years, so they're going to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure the timing on that. If it's going to be immediate, it probably won't be. Um, probably have to go through some yeah, probation. It's here. not going to be like a, like a movie where they just they open the gate and all these all these criminals are just like ah! just run out raping and pillaging. They just run out. They run immediately to our friend <laughs> Brian Engelman's house and just <laughs> shit right in front of his house. <laughs> Brian Engelman, of course, from the New American Media. We're going to be talking about uh, that story on your show, right? About legalizing. Yeah, we're going to talk pooping. about that. <laughs> Tune in on Felony, Friday, uh, Felony Friday this week. We're going to talk about pooping in the street. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> Everybody pooping, pooping in the street. Yeah, um, yeah, this, yeah, like you said, the sentencing, I, I mean, it is, talk about, I, I, was, I remember I was talking to a very uh, progressive buddy of mine about this, and about, you know, this, like I was saying, I end up defending Trump far more than I do attacking him when I'm talking to people in general, because I was talking to this guy, I'm like, look, criminal justice reform. Uh, that's one of the major things that, that I give a shit about, that libertarians give a shit about, and that everybody should care about. You know, the drug war, criminal justice reform, anti-war. And I was just emphasizing this guy. I'm like, did Obama do shit about criminal justice reform? No. Other than at the end of his term, getting rid of what? I mean, he, he pardoned, what, a small amount of marijuana users. He tried to uh, try to get the people on the federal level to back off cracking down on states' marijuana rights. But otherwise, he did jack. You know, the guy was worthless. He's a black president that had a state that, like, the House and the Senate on his side 
He forced through Obamacare, but he can't do anything to help the largest prison population in the entire world. You know, we can't yeah, well, do he, he about did. That. I mean, you got to give Obama some credit. He was, I think this is, I'm going to say this correctly, the first sitting president to visit a prison. Pretty sure in the history of the United States, first city president to actually go to a prison while he's, you know, while he's a president. And he did, he did grant a lot of clemency. A lot of people got out early, but there really was no, because the process is so screwed up and it's so hard to, to actually get your clemency in and, you know, you check all the boxes and everything's done correctly and they pick your, you know, they pick your case. So there were a lot of people who they're maybe they have a life sentence for for pot who were left in prison well a lot of people did get out but he left a ton of people behind oh yeah so what do you think then what's your what's your grade for trump and and you know a lot of people thought this bill like you said uh would not actually pass because of people like the gop uh in mm -hmm. the senate that voted against it or even just there were democrats that were pushing back against this bill you know just to be i don't even know just to be assholes I, i'm not sure what their complaints were about it but I mean, what do you give Trump on on uh, this? Again, probably fairly obvious, but what's your Yeah, opinion? I mean, it's, I think it's definitely a Trump. And there, there's one other aspect of this, which is interesting. So this, this, the, bill, the final bill, when Trump signs, it will allow 2,600 federal prisoners who were sentenced for crack, crack cocaine, before 2000, August 2010, I think it is. They'll be able to petition, petition for a reduced penalty. Hopefully, with the new sentencing guidelines that these judges are free to go by, a lot of them will, will get to go free. So nice. I, I, don't, I don't know the final numbers for the amount of people that Obama did get grant clemency for and commute their sentences. But I think with this bill and what Trump has already done with uh, a couple of the sentences that he's commuted, he could catch Obama within the next couple of months here. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. And of course, we can't talk about this. Of course, I also give it a Trump. But we can't talk about this without acknowledging who really put all these people in jail in the first place? I mean, it, not just Nixon. Nixon, of course, is on the hook for, for creating the drug war. But the Clintons, of course, are responsible for the majority of these people because they really had this three strikes rule put into place. They really ramped up the drug war when uh, Bill Clinton was in office. And, of course, Hillary Clinton was a big cheerleader for that and, uh, and a big proponent of that. So, you know, just another reason to hate the Clintons. Like you need another one. Yeah. yeah, like you add one more on, man. I, I'm still, I'm so excited at the prospect of this. Uh, I, thought, I mentioned a little bit on my last show, but the prospect of Hillary Clinton actually going to jail, it's, I mean, it could still be out there. I don't think it's going to happen, but not because of her email server stuff, but because of the Clinton Foundation, where, I, you know, they, they're actually doing an FBI investigation into it now based upon this independent audit that these, uh, this firm did, which just found that it was like, the most corrupt organization out there. So, um, you know, they, they're not going to put him in jail, but it would be nice to see maybe just like home arrest for the rest of her life with, a, with an ankle monitor on her. Oh, God. She could start a podcast. It'd be hilarious. I would actually listen to Hillary Clinton's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, could do, I could do a counter Clinton, like a, like a counter Krugman. That would be amazing. <laughs> it would be awesome. Except with her, what like what she even to talk about? It would just be me arguing that gay marriage was always okay and uh, giving better recipes for like you know bourbon cake or something. She'll just talk about being a grandma. She's just a sweet old grandma, Brian. Come on, oh yeah, sweet break. old grandma with a pistol in her hand and a, a quick a quick line to the best assassins out there that can make it look like a a two bullets in the back of the head suicide for any reason. Okay, <laughs> excuse me. All right, next topic. Let's talk about Trump making healthcare 
or health insurance more affordable. And this is essentially what he's done is enable people to get these temporary, they call them insurance plans. And these temporary plans are 80% at at their most, 80% cheaper than Obamacare plans. And I was reading an article that had the cost for, uh, for a year for a family, something like you know, it's like $1,200 compared to $12,000. You know, it's like a, a ridiculous, vast, vast chasm in the affordability of these plans, but they can only be used for up to three years. However, you know, that's, uh, that's a huge thing if you're going through jobs, if you're down, you're, you're in a down cycle, maybe you're injured, whatever it might be. If you have three-year period where you aren't forced to get these massively expensive programs through Obamacare, that is huge. And it's saving thousands of thousands, well, probably millions of Americans untold millions of dollars. So the ongoing fight against Obamacare continues. Trump has not repealed or replaced Obamacare. So take that into account. But what overall would you give Trump? Uh, A Trump or a dump as far as what he's done for healthcare as he's been in office? Or maybe just this year, if you really want to truncate it. Well, yeah, I don't. Was it this year that he, because that was an executive order that they said they weren't going to enforce the Obamacare mandate, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that was this year. So by doing that, yeah, it takes, I think it takes account this year, or it takes maybe, maybe, maybe that's it. So, no. so by doing that, that opened the door. I don't really understand how that happened for uh, the federal challenge, the states to challenge the law federally, which it looks like it, it's on its way to heading to the Supreme Court for mm-hmm. Obamacare to be challenged again, and it was approved the first time because of that individual mandate being. A fee. Yeah, they said yes. it was something where I, I think the, the reasoning behind it was something along the lines of they called it a they said they were allowed to tax some sort of interstate commerce like that was the loophole they used, which was complete fucking horseshit. Mm-hmm. But it was something about interstate commerce and be able to tax it on a federal level. And that's how they justified sending people a, a bill that was a tax if you did not sign up for Obamacare and mandating that you had to get Obamacare. Right. So, I mean, I don't think Trump planned this out. I don't think he saw this going this way, but... It's, <laughs> that's not 40 chess? <laughs> no, that's not underwater Parcheesi. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's a good thing. You know, I, I wish that... I don't think it was possible to get anywhere with actually repealing Obamacare uh, under the, the current climate of the past two years. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I think the only way for it to really happen is for the Supreme Court to strike it down the only fear is what's it replaced with? It will be replaced with something even worse. Yeah. Um, and the Republicans will call it Trump care. They'll love it, but it could be worse than Obamacare. But for now, you know, I, I got to give him a Trump on this. It's not, he's not making, you know, you talk about these, with these plans here, he's not, not making life worth. I mean, worse, those plans are saving people. It's not just like pennies. It's saving them thousands of dollars, tens oh, of thousands yeah. of dollars a year. So that's great. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And for people that are actually paying for their own Obamacare, I mean, that's a that's what a lot of these assholes that are so you know uh, we love Obamacare. Obamacare is the greatest. Oh, it covers people that aren't you know, all this other horseshit. Most of those people aren't paying for their own care. They're getting it paid through their employers, so they don't realize that on a base level, the people who are you know the people that are self employed, the people that own their own business, the people that are are uh, are individuals that don't have a job at the time, those people are paying out the fucking nose for it and they're just not you know unlike these people that have jobs paying for it they're they're the ones actually feeling the crunch so yeah the amount of money like you think about saving six thousand dollars a year and when you're only making forty thousand a year or whatever it might be it's it's just absolutely massive oh yeah so yeah i agree with you i also uh for 
for fighting the individual mandate, which I adore, and for putting these in a place, which of course Rand Paul was also a big, a big proponent of these uh these short-term care plans. So yes, a big Trump for that one. Uh, why don't we take a quick break, give you a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with a little bit more Trump a dump. We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. Those epic words from Archilochus can sum up your ability to succeed or fail in business. I want to recommend Conversation Mat Time to our listeners as a way to hone your one-on-one conversation skills in a role-playing session that can help take you to the next level. During 25-minute sessions, you'll work through the best way to approach that raise, that interview, or that relationship with a practice professional that will provide the confidence and experience you need to get paid what you're worth or take that interpersonal risk you've never been able to conquer. Just like in jiu-jitsu, the difference between a novice and a black belt is mat time. Train to win. Visit conversationmattime.com and take advantage of a free 15-minute consultation just for listeners of this show. All right, welcome back to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 104, everybody. I am here with Felony Friday's own glorious warrior for justice, the one and the only John Odermatt. Hello, John. Glorious warrior. Is that, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'll, I'll take it. Take it as a compliment. Well, I think uh, being a glorious warrior is good, but if you happen to have a glory hole somewhere, that could be good or bad, depending on your temperament. And of course, well, depending on what restroom it's in. That's that's true. If it's I'm in your own gonna... restroom, maybe good. <laughs> just going to change the topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about this. Is one I, I want to save till after the break because this is huge. This is pretty recent news that came out, and we've seen a lot of the response to it. But Trump has announced, and if, uh, from the reports I'm reading, Trump announced this without really consulting a lot of people he just one day woke up and went yeah you know what we've uh isis is no more fuck it we're out of syria boom everybody come home so <laughs> now that's not what happened brian what happened if you understand how trump functions he called his buddy putin up and he said vladimir <laughs> what should i do and vladimir said get the hell out of syria get out and so trump said okay okay that's what i'll do it well I, you know what I honestly, uh, unlike these these Russian nuts, I could give zero shits if that is how it happened. I, I don't care at all. If that's if that was if, if Putin was the one that convinced Trump to pull our troops out of cereal, then God, I think I just pull our troops out of cereal. Like a pulling, well, like get them out of cereal too. Get them out of everywhere. That's no just, cereal, no Syria. Put it on a bumper sticker. <laughs> but no, if that's what it takes to get them out, good. I don't give a shit. I am so happy that they are out of Syria, and I am glad to see that Trump, who I, I mean, I was worried. Because all his generals were telling him, well, we got to stay in Syria. We got to push more in Syria. I'm glad to see Trump saying, look, I ran on this platform of no empire building, no overthrowing of dictatorships, no, uh, no, you know, invasions that have nothing to do with America. I like that. He's like, look, we were there to beat ISIS. ISIS is dead, which they are. They're basically toast. I'm getting out of there. So I, what, I, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's fantastic. I was trying to find, there's a tweet that uh, Donald Trump sent out, I think today, today or yesterday, talking about uh, doing this. And essentially, no, he, he said just that. He said that, I'm paraphrasing it, I don't have it in front of me, but it sounded like Ron Paul. It was. He said, yeah. you know, I'm sick of uh, 
our policy being to police the Middle East when most of the people there don't want us there yeah. and we get nothing in return from it. So it's time other people step up. So I, nothing wrong with that statement. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not our job, not the United States job. It's not the U.S. taxpayer's job to control what goes on in societies halfway across the globe. But what do you think of the response that you've seen? You know, I've already seen these these outpourings of hand wringing and calls from both sides, Democrats and Republicans, saying that this is the worst thing ever and it's going to cost America dearly. So what do you think about that? I I don't know. I'm not surprised by it. It's probably like the first time all year that CNN and Fox News have agreed on anything. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's just the way that politics works. I mean, it's the military industrial complex is a real thing. And a lot of these senators, the reason they get elected is because they had so much money stuffed in their pockets from these big government contractors and they want to get reelected. So no matter how they really feel about it, they got to act this way and they have to put on this persona that it's a bad decision and we got to be in Syria for strategic reasons, even if they don't believe it because they want the money to keep coming so they can continue to be, uh, continue to be getting elected. So it's just a, it's a sick, twisted world that we live in. And thankfully, we have a guy like Donald Trump. And it sounds like I'm a freaking a, <laughs> a mega hat wearing supporter. I'm not. Uh, but he's a guy that just doesn't give a shit. And he can do stuff like this. And that's one good thing about him. Doesn't mean that everything he does is good. But this is, this is one very good thing. So definitely a Trump. Yeah, man. I agree with you. And by the way, talk, speaking of hats... Did you know that we have some incredible new hats in the Lions of Liberty store that people could buy? But not only that, that if people sign up at a $10 level for our our, our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty, that they could get one of these amazing new Lions of Liberty pom-pom hats that we have for the winter years. Winter years, the winter seasons. Winter is coming. It'll last for years. I can promise you that. I'll guarantee it. It's a quality hat. Has the little uh, little beanie on top. You know, so you can uh, wear that out if you're if you're. I don't know what you're, if you're into. There's some single single guys who listen. Single girls. Maybe you're out on the prowl trying to trying to find you know some a spouse or somebody to date. And there's nothing that attracts the opposite sex better than a beanie hat. That's just it's true. It is a straight fact, man. You know, if you're a guy wearing it, it's adorable. It makes you look approachable. If you're a girl wearing this beanie hat with a little pom-pom on top, it looks like a third tit on your head. And that's how you bring men in. All right. (laughs) That's just impressive. Brian, thinking so quickly with that third tit joke, just amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so this this pull you out of Syria is great. I, uh, I sincerely hope that it's an indicator that more is to come. I mean, we have lost the war in Afghanistan. Lost it. Every, every time I read news about Afghanistan is that the Taliban has taken new, new territory over and the Taliban wants to talk peace. So, hey, talk peace, get our troops out of there, relinquish control. Why are we over there too? Hopefully Trump sees it that way. Why can't we get out of, uh, you know, why can't we pull our troops out of uh, Saudi Arabia? You know, he's already pissed off about this Yemen thing, which I guess we should put a Trump and dub here on this. Trump on Yemen. That's all I'll say about it. Do I need to go into it more? I, I, you know, I've talked about it so much in this show. Where Trump and the whole Yemen support thing, despite this Syria where he's talking about not being involved in the Middle East, what do you give Trump on his yeah? Well, I think his, a, a, Yemen, I mean, his Yemen disposition. At least for me, so Yemen sort of means like Yemen and Saudi Arabia. His position yeah. on that, well, that whole it, thing. Integrally uh, tied into each other, yeah. The Khashoggi thing and all that. I think it's been very bad. I think it's, it's a dumb. I, I don't like the way that he's... And that's not even to say that I think this Khashoggi guy is just a good guy. He's been portrayed as just a journalist who was just 
criticizing the government. I do think there's more behind there. But it, did he deserve the death penalty? Did he deserve to be dismembered? It's it's just ridiculous. And it sort of reminds me of the way that Trump played it by saying that, well, we don't know what happened here. We don't have the information. When he knew right away exactly what happened, it reminds me of the way that Obama played um, the 9-11 I'm uh, blanking on the name. When we had the uh, the embassy was raided, where was that? Um, oh, in Benghazi. Benghazi. We yeah. had the whole Hillary Clinton fiasco. Yeah. When Obama blamed that on some... Uh, oh, yeah, a, a viral video. That so, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's just, it's government lying. It's what people do in the government. See, I was praising Trump, and now, you know, now I'm criticizing him. See, yeah. I'm fair and balanced. <laughs> this is the real, this is the real fair and balanced here. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a big dump. And Yemen is such a goddamn humanitarian disaster and it has been caused by the united states of america stamped up with you know usa labels stamped on those uh, bombs dropping oh, down. yeah the bombs the fuel the i mean everything it's just it's so insane again i i don't understand trump's logic he pulls us out of syria because we're not supposed to be there he doesn't want to be involved in the middle east why are we over there they don't want us there you know it does no interest to the united states nothing that's happening in yemen has any interest in the united states but yet we are continuously helping them committed genocide there you know if you're a little yemenese kid you're gonna grow up hating the shit out of the united states so how does this help our interest in any way is it yemenese or yemeni i think it's yemeni yemenese i don't don't know man (laughs) don't ask me they little look other than me caring that they're getting killed they mean nothing to me because i am what am i ever gonna meet them Never. I don't want to be the Yemenis or Yemeni or whatever the hell they're called. They don't matter to me. Thus, why the fuck are we over there? Well, I mean, I, I don't want people to die, so they oh, matter in that respect. I, I said uh, that, though. Other than yeah. I don't want them to die, I don't care. I heard you say you wanted Yemenis to die. What is that? <laughs> I just want to look. My goal in life, I think, this is why I'm a libertarian. My goal as a libertarian, and the way I live my life is I want to care about the least amount of things possible. So I just want to cross them off. I, Yemen, can we cross that off so I don't have to care about it anymore? Because that would be great. The drug war, can I cross that off so I don't have to care about it anymore? Yeah. That would be great. You know, like, that's it. Ta- paying taxes, I want to cross that. I don't want to have to fucking care about that either. I just don't want to fucking care. I'll be left alone. You could run for Senate on that. Care I less. Care I want less. you to care less. Well, you know what? Um... One of our, uh, well, a few of our uh, our patrons had uh, listened to the one show I did where I was talking about uh, Do Nothing Man, how we need, you know, we need a superhero that's Do Nothing Man. And I think I might actually start rolling that out as a as like a five minute sketch for our, uh, our patrons on a weekly basis. But just based upon the concept of like, you know, I don't want to care, care less, exactly the same thing. But also like if you're in the Senate, if you, you want people to do nothing, you're like, no. It's better to do nothing 90% of the time than to do something. And I'll just pull an example out like, like healthcare, putting all these insurance companies in place. Better if you simply did nothing. You know, healthcare, healthcare costs are rising. The poor don't seem to have the care that they need. What do you want to do? Mm, I'll do nothing, citizen. Do nothing, man, away. You know. I like it. It'll resolve itself in a better way because the market will take care of it. I mean, it'll be more to it than that. But all right, anyway. It's a good brand. Do nothing, man. Exactly. All right. uh, One more quick Trump, and then... uh, Actually, I don't even know if we need to go into this. I think we've done enough. Enough Trumper dumps, I think. He created a new space command, but that's... I don't know enough about it yet. It's a dump. Maybe it's a Trump. I don't know. If we get attacked from space, I'll change my mind. 
maybe we should only have a space command and we shouldn't have any other air force and navy and marines I, maybe I just like we should worried about space i, I like know. that idea i mean because because really no one's going to invade us no one's invading the united states and that's all we should care about right yeah. so the only place that we got to get invaded from is up there by the martians true the sexy green martians that i saw in star trek always hot chicks all right, one more thing to talk about, and then uh, we'll wrap this up. Is this, this has nothing to do with Trump or dumping, uh, but it's so dumb that I can't have an ELL without discussing it, is that the United Kingdom, their advertising, uh, advertising Standards Authority, the ASA, had done a review and found that some stereotypes were harmful, citing ads. I'll do, I'll do a, a wussy UK voice. Citing ads that belittle men for carrying out tasks that's seen as female or suggest new mothers should prioritize looking good over emotional well-being. Okay, ready? Here you go. A new rule calls time on stereotypes that hold back people and society, said Sharahar Kupal, director of the Committees of Advertising Practice, which said standards applied by the ASA. Uh, anyway, long story short, they have put bans on ads that have negative stereotypes like women not being good at driving or men being flustered putting a diaper on a baby. They put a ban, a ban on this. Odie, number one, is this a violation of free speech? Uh, and number two, is this an attack on fucking comedy in general? And number three, have the Brits given up all hope of being redeemed as a society? Um, yes to the last one. I think so. I think we should just nuke them and just be done with it. <laughs> there you go. See, I, people are giving me shit because I said I'd be fine with the journalists getting dismembered if it's going to end wars and support of wars. But this is much worse. You just want to nuke a country because they, uh, uh, they want to ban stereotypes. Getting kicked off of Patreon next. Okay. Yep. <laughs> no, we shouldn't nuke them. That was a joke, Mr. Patreon listener, man. Um, it's Patreon. Patreon is like the new NSA. They have their no, ears totally. on everything you're producing just to see what you're doing yeah but i mean really with uh obviously this is so absurd i, I can't imagine that more than maybe five percent of people in the uk actually think this is good and it just so happens that the majority of those five percent work in government mm-hmm. but or, this, a I mean, rabid, this or a rabid third grade feminist yeah th- this is what leads to a cultural revolution something similar to what led to Donald Trump in the United States, would lead to Brexit, and it's going to lead to, if they continue pushing this envelope, it's going to lead to more of that. I'm not gonna, I don't think it's necessarily going to lead in a pro-liberty direction. It could. I don't know if we have the, uh, if that message has infiltrated the minds of people enough where they understand it and actually um, understand the benefits of liberty. Uh, I worry that other things could creep in. But this is just so asinine. But it does, this does make me think of, it's always pissed me off on sitcoms in the United States, cartoons from The Simpsons to Family Guy, where the father figure is always made out to be a buffoon. Oh, I mean, can't do anything right. You're just a moron. You just all you do is drink beer and beat your children. So you know, maybe less of that would be good. But I, know, uh, see, but I, I see that's where I disagree. Like I, I'm sure The Simpsons got rid of a poo. I, you need stereotype characters and like the white male buffoon is good because these are you know these are comedies they're it's learned it's supposed to be used as a teaching foil and if you eliminate the bad characters how are you going to teach anything well you yeah have no, that's, no, you that have no foil to bounce off of it's just it's completely 
fucking retarded. It's like that's it's, true. If you had like other characters contrasting that, but yeah. like on Family Guy, when every male character is a buffoon, yeah, just you know makes the completely male. I mean, Family Guy is a specific type of show. It's like it's like Always Sunny is a very specific type of show. Although I will say the the uh, season finale for Always Sunny in Philadelphia was pretty incredible. You know, it's like they had Mac come out as gay. Spoiler alert. And uh, and he did this whole thing, this dance routine. With his, it was it was very very uh, meaningful episode and very well done for a show that's known for being the utmost of crassness. But in regard- well, Mac, to be fair, Mac really well maybe maybe this is crossing line. Mac really came out as gay when he was getting blowjobs from that. Uh, oh, the doll. The, the, <laughs> the guy dressed up as a woman. The, oh uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, the transgender. Yeah, transgender. she was so hot though. The chick who played that uh, that transgender role. She yeah. was actually not transgender, which, of course, that would be a huge stir now, like Scarlett Johansson not being allowed to play a transgender, even though, of course, self-defeating, because wouldn't you rather have a movie made about a transgender person that people actually watch? Because then you probably, you'd probably want a celebrity in it. I don't know any famous so. transgender women that could pull it off. Anywho. You would uh, think getting, the actor would be hailed as a hero for, right, yeah. for doing that. Yeah. It's not like every, uh, if you have a, a gay character portrayed in a movie, that you have to have a gay man be the character. Uh, it's... it's <laughs> It's the craziest thing. It's the stupidest, craziest. So anyway, getting back to this UK story, though. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's literally, you know, the, the, U, the Brits don't have the same free speech entitlements that we have uh, imbued in the Constitution in quite the same way. But they do have free speech. Uh, this, the censorship in the UK has gone a brand new direction, though, with the online censorship uh, coming and arresting people for hate speech in the UK the Big Brother Society with the cameras on the corners. And now this, because the Brits are known for being one of the funniest societies on the face of the earth, by the way. One of the most sarcastic, mean, quick-witted, dry humor societies. And if you watch their sketch comedy, it's brilliant, it's cutting, and it's mean, but just hilarious. What the hell is going to happen to all this shit? If you can't show an ad with a woman parking badly, what the fuck is going to happen to comedy in the UK? You know? Uh, I mean, it's it's what's going to happen to con- comedy everywhere in the United States. No. The same thing is slowly happening. So uh, comedians are going to have to revolt. Maybe you can lead that. I agree, man. Hey, comics, people think we're peaceful people, but we have a lot of rage inside of us. We can take up arms next to Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'll take up arms behind Joe Rogan. Let him absorb the bullets. He's pretty short. I don't know. It might just go right over his head. That's true. It's too bad Ralphie May died. He would have been good to get behind. He was a big, tall, portly guy. And Patrice O'Neill, too. God rest peace, Patrice O'Neill's soul and Ralphie May, man. But they would have been good human shields. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of human shields, here's a word from our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Actually, yeah. Here is a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back to finish this show up. All right, we're back, guys. Uh, not for much, though. We're signing off. <laughs> uh, you know, anyway, to sum up the episode, uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy holidays. Happy whatever you're celebrating out there. John, do you have any last words to sum up this Electric Liberty Land, this uh, last, last Electric Liberty Land before the end of the year and before a glorious 2019 for the Lions of Liberty? I, I will just say, since... Uh... I don't think I'll be on the, the New Year's show as I have a conflict for recording. So I just want to wish everyone a, a happy 2019, welcoming in, in the new year. And it's been an awesome 2018. And I want to thank all our patrons for the support. Please hang with us in this tumultuous time with uh, Patreon, with what's, what's going on. Uh, 
we're going to do what's best for uh, for Lions of Liberty. And right now, that is not moving off of Patreon because we would probably cease to exist because uh, we don't have the funding to uh, shoulder this on our own right now. So, obviously, we thank you for your support. Yep, uh, and I echo that, guys. I know we we all hate Patreon right now, but like John said, there's just we don't have an alternative. And until there is one, we yeah, we'll probably move on it quick. I hope Dave Rubin, I know, is talking about one. There's a bunch of people talking about other ones. But for now, guys, you know, hey, it's your money. Do what you want with your money. But, um, you know, as far as we're concerned, your support is needed. So stick it out with us, guys, and we'll uh, we'll do what we can. Anyway, for 2019, though, like John said, he's not going to be on the, uh, the near show. I will be on that show. But... Uh, I want to just say to everybody, thank you for this, another great year of support and uh, keep fighting for Liberty in 2019, guys. We will continue to fight and uh, I hope you will continue to listen and spread the ideas of Liberty. So for me, from John Odermatt, from Philly Friday, from the Lions of Liberty, and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged in to Liberty.